Good morning and good afternoon wherever you are. Hope it is well with you. This is Dr. T. Tevo DRC of the Tevo DRC Creative Leadership Ministries, and we're trying to minister life and reproving and even discernment of what is true, what is false in these days. There's a conglomeration out in ministry, and every word I speak, I speak it as a James 3.17, abiding, relationship-preserving, respectful Selah to the men and women in the ongoing body of Christ in ministry. Everyone else is welcome to listen, invited, but we're talking direct words with the born-again ministry. I'm going to to talk about confronting people-pleasing. That can mean self-pleasing, you're a people, versus as opposed to God-only pleasing without being sharp-tongued, without being a critic, without being dogmatic. I'm going to open with 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God, this is the main thing, for God, our God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, his power of love and a sound mind. So when you react to another leader, fellow human, fellow Christian, in this hour, your mama, the dogma, whatever's going on in the powers that be, the supernatural side of life, the natural things, you're going to have to ask, am I being afraid? Is my the blip of my radar, inner radar in my own spirit, blipping anxiety, fear, worry, dread, because you're triggering, might be triggering fear of people, God's people especially. I know about this because God has worked on me greatly to iron it out of me, he keeps on doing it. You know, any kind of carnal thing in our nature, the natural nature, is got many facets such as fear, worry, anxiety. It's really deep, and you can think you've ironed it all out, gotten rid of it all, including people, please, in parts, and then God will expose it in another situation. And I've had many situations, and I made a determination many years back, decades ago in the late 90s, to try to please God only, the audience of one. I really love and revere different aspects of the ministry of the faith movement. It taught me a lot of this, not this type of fear of man thing, but are people pleasing, but it taught me about not being moved by what I see, who I see, what I see, what size their ministry is, what their persona is, what their color is, what their gender is, whether they were raised raw or raised blessed. I'm not going to be moved by your outer court, your earth suit, And yet many today are out there very much moved by my earth suit, your earth suit, different color earth suits. God made everyone a tailor-made, hand-fitted, personal attire to wear on your ministry, your call on this earth, because you're sent. It's in a gender form. It's in a color form. It's in a shape form. Sometimes it's an out-of-shape form that only you and God can work together to do, you know, the right thing about it. Quit eating wrong things, work out more. I'm always working on that. So we were a reminder that the outset when I mentioned people-pleasing and reproof, I'm not talking about being rude to people, condemning to people, 
harsh with people, condescending, proud, arrogant, because that also goes on in leadership relationships out in the body, out in public. And we want to be different. We want to be led by the Spirit to have an inner Geiger counter that goes off and says, oops, we've slipped over. We're really trying to get something for ourselves or win favor, curry favor with a fellow human when we really have gotten past that stage of loving people, deferring people, which is wise, and respecting all people, all kinds, on their turf, our turf, when best possible, but we've slipped over into that era of that gray area. You know, it's sort of a hard to figure out. You have to practice it of being a people pleaser, uh, you know. And so it, it's about motives. We have to check. I'm really hard on myself as a leader about my motives. Whether you like me or look like my looks or not, or you don't. I wasn't raised raw. I was raised respected and kind. Therefore, it's in my hard drive to have mercy. My parents were smart. They were wise. So for some reason, I look back at natural family, grandparents, parents, and I have this inner grace. It's only grace, nothing I deserved or earned. Couldn't have possibly gotten it unless it was God's grace to at least have a normal, natural, respectful bottom line of which I own and have to hold myself as responsible of being that way in every situation with every leader, male or female, black or white, brown, with myself, and I always have. It's just when, after the doctrinal moves began, and God sent me out at <clears throat> about age 24 onward, more than 30 years ago, and he would say, I want you to study the different kinds of moves I'll send you by the Spirit when it's time. And he led me across the body through famous moves, revivals, outpourings, you name it, Holy Spirit, worship, campgrounds, TV affected, some not, TV affected leadership started to emerge. And that's when I started to notice the huge influx at the grassroots in the former state, really. And then it was spreading throughout the state. It was Now it's out here. It's everywhere. That performance, people-pleasing, submission. And I'm going to say, I will teach submission because I was raised to observe boundaries to please in a polite, respectful fashion, observe the boundaries of my father, my mother, any church, any business, any house, any establishment, no matter what their faith or their style or their color. That is submission. You are submitting because you're being like Ephesians 4, mutual submission, which is Ephesians 5.21, may I say, mutual submission in the fear of the Lord. That's my standard for real submission. If you have a big, I mean big mega organization, of course you have to be more strong and strict even because all sorts of culprits will work their way in trying to bring down God's work. So there is a fierce side in business. And you have to have a calm side, a fierce side, whatever it takes that particular day or given week. So we're all for that. It's just when it crosses that boundary of being respectful into disrespect or demeaning or people-pleasing or socially conscious getting the, you know, do you fit our typecast, our stereotype? And usually I've never found that culture unless it was in TV and media affected ministry, Christians, 
I guess you'd say from the 70s on up type. Not all are like that. Listen, not all. But it's usually in people that are, I think, maybe weak, really weak in the fact that they maybe don't know how to be strong and not a people pleaser. Maybe their parents were too strict. Their mama could have raised them overly scared of messing up. So there are different values we all have that please God, that definitely all these things can please God mightily. But then we have to each one individually tailor make our relationship with the walk, our walk with the Lord to say, am I personally going to own up that I do fall sometimes, maybe often, to be a people pleaser? Maybe I bow and scrape to people to gain favor, to get ahead, to get success, to get look like I'm blessed, to get favor with the top man or woman, when really I'm displeasing the Most High God because I am not being led of the Spirit a hundred percent. You know, one of the songs I'm listening to, one of the few I like that really means something to me is Upper Room Dallas's, uh, what is it, every... The idols of man are fallen. It's something like, I'll have to find what that is, but I'll put it on this. It's, it's about the one true living God. There's only one true living God. And I think the idols of man have fallen. And when you look at the state of America and the region and the globe, when we see systems and businesses, ministries and all sorts of things quaking and shaking and fall out of what went on with the pandemic, God wasn't happy about that. We don't blame or accuse anybody for having this happen. But I think in the middle of it all, when the devil caused it, this disease that hurt people, it still hurts people and caused death, hurt the Chinese people, hurt the African people a lot, hurt the the Western, you know, the Caucasians, the Asians, everybody's had it. But the point is, in the middle of it, what does God want to say to the church. This is not accusing. This is not fault finding. This is being like a prophet, a prophet sent in the Old Testament way, yet I'm not an Old Testament legalist under the law, but it reminds me of the national epic prophet who spoke like Isaiah, Obadiah, warning. All right. I've been, anyway, in the New Testament, well, back in, for the many years I've been in Texas, I've gotten warning after warning after warning with a pure heart, not accusing, but assessing fruit of relationships, no fear of the Lord, no holy terror of the Lord in the churches. This is not to anyone but the church. And this is not to accuse all people or any people. It's to assess and judge fruit. I like God's people. If I saw anybody in the systems... All these religious systems, would I be haughty and proud and snooty and condemning and point my finger? No, they're people. And then we're all hurting. We're all people. But I would say because of the huge ramifications for Jesus' name, his good, clean name, his holy name, and then all the people that don't go anywhere, that the systems have fallen. I'm not saying the church has fallen. I'm not accusing systems. I'm just assessing that it looks to me like God has purged his own church in the middle of all this. He's purifying it. He's breaking it down, rebooting it. 
He's doing that Acts 2 Holy Spirit flush for revival, the harvest. It's not about our saint pastor, saint prophet, saint apostle we revere and want to people please and cater to over much and not hear God for ourselves with no fear of the Lord, look like we're smelling sweet, being fine and approved and petted on by the system. No, this is about Holy Spirit being a team a global, multicultural, diverse community. Just get your Bible out, Christian. Please read through with great humble hearts, teachable hearts, Ephesians 4, vision for the body of Christ. Global community. How are they going to move in and out? How are they going to get along? There's no more turf protecting. You figure it out. But it's going to be each one with their own style, their own name. You can have renowned. Just don't cross over into that celebrity. That's when bounding and scraping really starts high and mighty, big eye, little you, you can have renown, it's needed. That's a scriptural word. People will know you, but you'll be sort of famous. You can be famous, but not into that people idol worshiping because the idols of man have fallen. There's one true living God, the idols of man, humans, us. All right. Everybody's got an idol. I have, you know, I do too. Of course, I more than one or two. I'm trying to not have them. But I'm not God. He has to work on me in his way. He's my savior. That's what's so great about this. So when we look at the shaking, we think, let's assess it, not accuse it. Let's say, well, what can God, good can God, you know, the Bible says that what the devil meant for evil, God can do for good. Maybe he'll call the church to repentance. Maybe it will cause people to respect their wife more. Maybe it will give people a perspective and it's not all about, achieving and getting blessed that we're here for as a church. It's about the kingdom and asking people if they've met Jesus so he can be part of our family and have the power of Holy Spirit to leave their life and they will be saved, not go to the burning hot place instead of all about me and my business and my prayer for my need and for all about us getting blessed, which is achievement business system legalism or getting there so we're saying yes it can be fun to have a big convenient system yes you can have a big tidy system it's well oiled it usually is well oiled it's got it down a lot of practice how to get them in how to get them out how to get the income in to keep it going however within the system there is a remnant usually in the christian sense and there can be remnants part of the remnant who don't know what they're doing and making a system, a legalistic system that harms people that are not system types. And as a non-system type, a non-legalist, a non-performer, it drives me away because there's no fear of the Lord, no humility out in the ranks. I'm not saying the top people. I'm saying that the fruit of the system, my turf is out in the ranks to see what's going on with the fruit of the relationships and Christians and what's the doctrine really doing. Is it helpful or not? The issue is that while you find a few pockets, you can find a few pockets. Usually I've found that in the Holy Spirit types, it's that covering performance. You've got to be under somebody. You got to be in a church or we're going to gossip about you and blackball your name. That happened on the East Coast to me. There's no respect. What that is, is legalism back under the law, Phariseeism, 
because they never confront you and want to know how you're really doing. Are you fine? What, why is God? How is God leading you? Maybe he's leading you differently not to be a part of us. Maybe I have a different theology than you do as a Christian. That's why God gives us Ephesians 4, common doctrine. But nobody's teaching on that. So we're teaching on it, trying to get some ability to understand how to... And everybody's got their pet doctrine. You can have some, I know, that say when you baptize, you can only do it in Jesus' name. You can't do it under Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or you're off. You can have others that say, you know what, this way or the highway. you got to be under somebody. you got to be under covering, and you can be wrong. <laughs> but that is your choice. You can have shepherding. Well, Western European Levitical shepherding, which is like that, keeps track of everybody and notices where they go, what they're doing, if they're out of order. I've, You know, and I've, my testimony had six tapes of this to get it out where I don't have to think about it anymore. I'm taking off from that. I want to have fun. I'm really trying to get positive for the future generation. That's when we're doing more on online fellowship. And my wild words are going to be on DFW Leader, unless God leads me both. For now, maybe both, because it's rampantly important that we stay away. Once we get back and allowed, given permission to worship together again, let's get away from this foreign to the New Testament hoop jumping, people pleasing. And because this is such rabid, radical talk out here, maybe not where you live, but out here in the grassroots, TV-affected, usually prophetic or ministry that speaks in, are known to speak in tongues, whether nobody does it or not. They say they do. I've never seen too much of Holy Spirit. But anyway, we have to point out that over in... That it's not always about just being sweet baby Jesus. Never, you know, turning the other cheek, being meek and mild, never saying anything unpopular. Always bowing and scraping so that you don't make any waves. That you're not known as the weirdo or the oddball. But you know what? I love the Lord. And I want to give the people that don't know Jesus, that are confused by all this stuff, game playing, hoop jumping, power pumping, a chance to really get to know Jesus Christ for themselves, whether they never go to a church ever or not. And I want the real people who know they are guilty of that, some of you, maybe a few of you, to repent and work on your theology. I'll work on mine. I'm working on mine in humility. Let's look over to Second Timothy. We started with Second Timothy 1.7. God has not given me a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. And now we're going to get over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, a heavy-duty, meaty chapter. I'm, I'm going to talk about the call on my ministry of the ministry since 1980s when the Lord gave me, he started building it in different facts, you know, sections through the years. It started off with the motto, the logo, with the eagle standing op on an open Bible. And the Bible says 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Now the the Bible is the Word of God. I love faith. I love the Word of God, the Logos and the Rhema. And then the prophet is the symbol of the eagle who has to balance on the Word, stand on the Word, or else they'll go off. And then it says underneath him, he's standing on the open Bible that says 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, 
Why? Verse 17. So that the man and woman of God will be thoroughly, will be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And I would like to point out that in the light of baby Jesus only, oh my, she said something that is like, oh must she must be, and I got a, I've gotten accused by this kind of person, contentious, causing division, because they would never speak to me, but they thought because I spoke out in reproof or correction to their damaging doctrine that I wouldn't be in sweet light, baby Jesus, that I was mean, you know, and if you, if you talk to me, I'm never mean. I've never been mean. The only time I've been mean is somebody's attacked me. I mean, literally physically, then I'd have to be strong and use my drill sergeant, which I try not to use. God brought me to DFW to get the drill sergeant. I really never was allowed to have one growing up or all I was until now, but you have to have it that strict side once in a while. Or they'll run over you and take everything advantage. Second Timothy. And that part is like Jesus growing up. Mature Jesus tossing over a few temple money changers tables. In, in the system. Because he pleased his father and loved them more than mammon. And the mammon chaser Pharisees. He loved them. But he couldn't. I mean he had pleased his father more. He's the audience of one. He was not a people pleaser. Jesus chose to please his father. So we go back to scripture foundation for all of my comments. These comments, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. God breathed and is profitable for doctrine. What is doctrine? That's your personal conscience, your infrastructure, your decision-making choices place inside your heart. It can be like a coral reef and a coral reef is there no matter what. It's always there no matter what boat hits it or or whatever. It's always there, but yet it could be sharp if your doctrine's off. It could be sharp and wrong and injure somebody, be in error. So we want to have foundational good doctrine that's healthy. It says the scripture is given an inspiration of, do- of God and it's profitable for doctrine for reproof. What is reproving? I put a whole article on there because I looked it up. People were so offended. They seemed so upset when I tried to confront somebody in Matthew eighteen fifteen, Galatians 6, 1, 4. And when they took a keyboard from our ministry and these were fellow quasi-Christians, you know, fellow office calling themselves ministers. So they took it, and I knew my Bible. I thought, you go and try to work on the relationship, hold them accountable. Uh Uh-oh, we're out here in the global hub, and action of real life is going by. Relationships, people in in different fire departments going by. So let me get this up there. Excuse me. But the idea is that people matter in those ambulances. People matter going to work. People matter when they come to your fellowship or your house, people matter, not your, not your achievement, your form, your respecter of persons, disrespect. So all scripture is inspired. It's profitable for doctrine and reproof. When I looked at reproof, because people, these certain people kinds, <laughs> media affected, were like clueless that I confronted them. They thought I was I got a letter and it implied that I was being mean and not sweet like baby Jesus for wanting to hold him accountable, get another person from the organization to go with me to confront the person politely, respectfully, like I always am, and get the piano back. Found out what went on. That happened more than once. That's why I teach on it more than twice. 
So instead, I learned it was doctrine. It is false doctrine that says in denial that Jesus ever did anything that wasn't perfect and sweet and innocent, like turning off, turning over the temple money changers, and they were people pleasing to preserve themselves. And they were putting the peer, the newbie, grieving like a widow from divorce. They, they did a lot of things that I thought were very abusive and very incorrect as formal ministry who had letterhead stationary and invited people to their meetings. And I was concerned for their reputation, not for them as much as the head person who didn't know it, an honorable prophet. So God sends me in a weird way, you know, walk, it is a walk, but I never know what I'll find to let, you know, I get there. So it says in Second Timothy 3.16 that doctrine in it, God's Bible is profitable for doctrine reproof. That means it could mean ticking people off. One of the Merriam-Webster online dictionaries said about eight years ago when I did that writing about it, but it's to really get people to think and review themselves, their own choices, and what's going on in their thoughts. And it is a could be a reprimand to leaders or lay. It could be, but it's always respectful. And it's always never character assassinating, gossiping, lying. It's up front. I'm very up front. I'm not telling you. I don't gossip about people. I don't gossip about these people. I pray for them. I forgave them. But I'm thinking, if I see it more than three times, God has told me to instruct on it. And I have often. So now I teach on it for you to train your people. So if doctrine is important, reproving is important. What does the word say in the Old Testament? Because I've done my homework. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. I always had, I've always allowed people to speak into my life and I have always allow them to set me straight. And the ones you pick these people by the Lord and you pick people that won't damage you when they correct you or they speak up and they're loving. They just say it in the right way. So you're not killed, but they shoot straight. And I'm that kind of person. And I love to have people that are shoot straight shooters. I'm a straight shooter. So I don't mince words, but I am very kind when I deliver the message and that ministry should be kind when they deliver the message as a minister. It's also profitable for correction, which is part of this, a lot of this, and for instruction in righteousness. Where's that? Not being holier than thou, not being self-righteous, not being accusing again. But it says if we do all that and line up with this scripture, that it says so that the man of God may be perfect in God's sight. You'll never be perfect in your sight or anyone else's. But the man of God will please the God, the person of God, the human of God will please him. And they'll also be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Look at your life, your ministry around the land. And you'll be furnished. Are we all completely furnished? I'm not. So I'm working on it. God's, I'm letting God work on me. And sometimes it's slow and sometimes it's fast. I think it's really amazing that when you look at this chapter, and this is my point, and I'm going to finish up here. That this chapter about all the reproof, the correction, the doctrine is at the same chapter, except the very last of it, when Paul himself writes about that in the last days, starting with the first three verses, it says this, know that in the last perilous times will come, well, we're here, 
for men and women, even God's men and women, shall be lovers of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy. Not all of them are like that. I always thought this verse, it goes on more, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, false accusers, false witness, boy, that's out there, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, people who think you're not, that you're mean and ugly because you're trying to hold them accountable for theft, for stealing, for lying, and you and they duck and avoid and called you evil because they're despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, people-pleasing, stuff-pleasing, self-pleasing, more than God. And what does it say to all of us to warn us? Having a form of godliness, a form of godliness. Oh, they look the part. Oh, they can talk the part. They can sing the part. They can mince those words just right. But they are denying the power thereof from such turn away. And I have... From such turn away, they're denying the power, the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of Ananias and Sapphire to bring conviction and fear of the Lord and repentance upon the earth and real revival. From such turn away, they're accusers, boasters. That's the friendly fire fellowship model the Lord had me tell the church about, the true church about, to warn them about, pray for. The Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5, from such turn away fellowship of the accusers, boasters. That means if they are accusing no matter non-denominational non-denominational or not and they will not be held accountable and they keep on doing it you prayed for them forgiven them tried to confront them they avoid it they're hurting your family your children your life your men you know all these things affect your soul and your spirit for the future then from such turn away and i have so the call is to not be popular my call is to not be popular, but to please God, be hopefully popular with him, have his favor. I do have favor, and I have great joy, and I do have fun. So I'm going to try to be more fun and positive on onlinefellowship.us because I want the future generation. You know, even though I sound really cross or what I've done is because I'm upset. I'm concerned for the name of Jesus. I'm concerned like zeal for my father's house. I'm concerned with the world the non-believers think for his sake, we want them to join us in heaven for what the young people, for the critical former Christians I meet all the time, all the time, everywhere at the grassroots barista fellowship coffee shop level, everywhere in their 30s. So we want to know there's something rotten in the doctrine <laughs> and it ain't Denmark. So let us, and I'm lurking on mine. I'm praying for my doc, you know, pray for me to see straight. So we love you. God loves you. And I'm not angry. I'm trying not to be. I am not self-righteous, but I there's that's what's so weird. You want to be righteous and please the Lord, but then they'll think you're self-righteous and accusing them and be martyrs and turn you off and like, oh, yeah, you know, we're, she's just one of those. Well, that's all right. You just think that way. Let God do what he wants to do and we'll see. So we want to pray. This is a rebooting of the church of the few churches that will represent his name this is the potentially this is the last days and we want to be ready and we want to have not be having our foundation of our life our ministry our church ourself our children on sinking sand god bless you he loves you pray about it and think about it please this is tavo drc signing off for now god bless you